Hello, and welcome to Unexplained Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Melvin the Crimson Doris, and with me as always is my co-host, the dealer of mystic goods, the third-eyed mystic herself, and the happiest of sad girls, the ever-so-lovely Niyama. Hi. Hello. Hi, Niyama. Hey, what's up? Oh, I'm just going to keep adding and making that title longer and longer and longer. I know. I just, like, did the biggest sign. You kept going. I'm like, oh, my God. Please stop with the title. Nope. I'm, I'm going to keep going. You keep making channels and doing stuff. I keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, Niamh, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Oh, that is great, because it would be awkward if you didn't, seeing as how we have a very special person joining us. And who is that? Well, beaming to us from a galaxy not so far away is a woman who has not only met and interacted with our galactic neighbors, but she herself is what is called a hybrid, and that's not all. Turns out she's also a multidimensional healer. Please welcome the Princess of the Pleiades herself, Lyra Ray. Hello! Welcome! Thank you! <laughs> so, how are you doing today, or this evening, rather? I'm doing excellent. Um, just, you know, integrating these high vibrational energies that have been hitting the earth lately. It's been exhausting. Before we actually get into the nitty-gritty, are you an empath by chance? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you're you're really getting it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm extremely energy sensitive. Ooh, okay. So you probably avoid um a lot of crowds and yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's so funny because um a few days back I was speaking with Bonnie and Angie and found out that Angie is an empath and uh, I should say, for those who don't know, Angie Kay, she is pretty much the the person who greases the cogs and keeps everything oiled and going. If it weren't for her, well, we would have crashed and burned long ago. So, big shout out to Angie. Anyway, it turns out she's an empath. And she was dealing with energies, not exactly the right way, but she was dealing with them and... And a lot of things start to open up recently for her, so hopefully, maybe one day we'll get her on and talk about that, but blah, that's another story, another time. Well, that's interesting to me um, that you say uh, certain people are empaths, because I actually believe that everybody is an empath, but some people are just naturally more energy sensitive than other people, and some people have to um, work to become sensitive to energy. Oh, Okay. Um, so yours, I'm going to, I'm going to assume was natural, more natural. Uh, yes, I don't think I was always that way, though. Uh, when I was younger, um, I definitely was absolutely nowhere near as energy sensitive as I am now. <laughs> what about you, Niamh? Uh, I think I've always been energy sensitive, extremely. <laughs> But I didn't realize it until, you know, uh, like later on in my years, I was like, no, you're probably just really empathic, and that's why you were such a crybaby. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. 
I am fairly oblivious, I found out, so that was nice hearing <laughs> that. But it, it's cool. Like, I wouldn't be able to handle uh, feeling all the emotions and energy and ups and downs, nor would I really want to, <laughs> to be totally honest. I'm not that type of person. I, I do believe you have to have a type of personality to deal with it, and usually those personalities are folks who want to help others, and... I will openly admit I am selfish and self-centered. So. No way. I am. <laughs> no way. I think you're just saying that. I don't think that's absolutely true. You can think what you want, but I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're doing a great job of helping others right now by creating this podcast and getting information out there. Okay. So yeah. you got me in checkmate <laughs> at the moment. So, um, so I mentioned something, uh, Lyra. Is it? Mm -hmm. It's Lyra, right? Not Lyra. Yeah, Lyra. that is. Okay. You got it. You got it. <laughs> you know, like I'm so bad with names. When Niamh first came on, I think I said her name wrong about ten times in a row, and she probably wanted to slap me. <laughs> so, but uh, Lyra, you you're a hybrid. Is am I correct in saying that? Yes, I do consider myself a hybrid human. What is a hybrid? Um, so a hybrid is someone whose DNA is, um, mixed with extraterrestrial DNA. So they are an extremely advanced version of human. And, um, that's why I believe that I have such strong contact with extraterrestrials because I do feel like they are my family and I have yet to meet another person who has as much and as strong a contact as I do with them. Um, I had asked that question for a while because I've had a few um, psychic intuitive starseed people tell me that I was a hybrid and so I started looking into it myself and I started asking my extraterrestrial guides like am I a hybrid and um, they told me yes many times but it took a long time for me to believe it um, and they kind of showed me that I was a part of this hybridization program and um, my DNA structure is different than a normal human DNA structure. And that's why I can hold a lot of light codes in my DNA and I'm able to activate other people uh, very easily. And when I activate them through the work that I do, it's very easy for them to then uh, connect to their own psychic abilities and their own spirit guides and any extraterrestrial family that they might have. How does activation work? Um, you know, not to be a prick, when, when, when you say that, I, unfortunately, for some reason, I think of literally someone holding their hand in front of somebody's face and like, you know, doing some type of X-Men thing, like, ah, start working, you know. <laughs> um, you know what? It's funny that you say that because um, me and one of my closest friends have actually um, used that term, like, damn, like, the shit is really like X-Men because 
it's like once you start coming into your psychic abilities and, and the more you um, wake up and kind of remember your past life masteries and come into remembering who you are and everything that you were, you attain these sort of superpowers. And it is actually very similar to X-Men. The more self-aware you become, the more work that you do, the more um, you open up and activate your own DNA, you do start to kind of receive these like superpowers. And I would say it's, it's not entirely too far off from that. Um, as ridiculous as it might sound to some people, um, it really is kind of similar in the sense that when I work on people, it's mostly just channeling like a lot, a lot of light and energy into someone's um, astral body and auric field, and that literally changes their molecular structure and allows them to activate their DNA and remember more of who they are and kind of um, do things that they weren't able to do before. Okay, now that is different. Really cool. And very interesting that, and how did you find out you were able to do this? Um, a little over three years ago, I went through my twin flame experience and it ended with, as most of them do, an absolutely um, just horrible breakup that just left me feeling like nothing I've ever felt before. It was just absolutely traumatic. Um, and so I was looking for some sort of healing because I just did not want to feel that pain anymore. And I was living in Vegas at the time and someone had suggested to me that I should do a Reiki session. And I did a Reiki session, it absolutely changed my life. Um, I felt so much better afterwards. And um, I had known already at this time that I was a starseed, so I started getting more involved with that Reiki center where I got my Reiki session, and I saw that they were doing a starseed meetup. So I went there. Um, the lady who was teaching the class was very connected to extraterrestrials, which is the first person that I had actually met besides myself that knew what the fuck I was talking about. And... Um, I she taught Reiki, so I ended up learning from her, and um, that just kind of started me on my healing journey. And um, the more that I trained with her, the more I realized like how much healing abilities I actually had. And uh, just a few years back, before I knew anything about Reiki, I had just my dog had cancer. And I had an intuitive just idea pop into my head that I should imagine this white light, like stream of white light flowing uh, through my crown chakra, through my body and out my hands and channel it into his tumor. Well, his medicine wasn't working and he was not doing well. And so I started channeling this energy into him um, maybe a couple of times a day for a few weeks and his tumor completely disappeared and he lived to be 18 years old. So that's when wow. I really, I really knew that I could heal people. Oh, wow. Um, what breed of dog? It was a Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, okay. Little guy. Aww. Yeah. Um, okay. So now this could 
go a few ways. This could, you know, as you know, there are skeptics everywhere, and they're always going to be here. And, you know, what if someone tries to tell you to prove yourself, heal them, you know, like, would you attempt to? And is this something that's 100% always going to happen? Um, so I have absolutely uh, no desire to prove myself to anybody whatsoever. If someone is drawn to my energy and they want to work with me, that's amazing. Um, then they can already, they already know that they're supposed to work with me. But people who aren't sure that they want to work with me and they want me to prove myself to them, then they're probably not right for me. I don't need to prove myself to anybody. All of my alien experiences that I have on YouTube, I continuously say I don't care if people believe me or not I'm just going to tell my story and I know that what happened to me is real if other people uh, want to believe that what happened to me is real too then awesome if they resonate with my story if they've had similar experiences that's absolutely amazing and those are the people that I'm trying to reach the skeptics I don't care if they believe me or not um, I'm not trying to prove myself to anyone. I know um, that what I do is real and what I've experienced is real. And um, the people who are meant to experience what I have to offer will know that too. All right. Makes sense to me. Uh, usually with skeptics, sometimes it just gets to a point where they don't really want proof they don't really care about seeing if something's real or not they just want to be right. right and no matter what they're going to come up with some type of explanation to counter any and everything i mean like mm -hmm. like the good old famous it's a weather balloon darn it <laughs> swamp right. gas and that's exactly why i don't even try and fuck with those people because they're always going to have something to say they're always going to have a way that they feel like they can disprove something and that's yeah. fine, and they can believe that, and that's their truth. You hear that, Niamh? So stop being a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could still be. Yeah, no, definitely not a skeptic anymore. That's for sure. Actually, Niamh, were you a skeptic before? Um, I wasn't. You know, I'm, I'm kind of just like, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily believe it, but I wasn't gonna. I don't criticize people. You know, I'm just like I haven't experienced it, so why would I, you know? Yeah, you're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna say. But you really don't know until you experience it. Yeah, it's one of those. Things. I can understand. But didn't you just say before we got on this call that you had started having experiences? Right. Exactly. And it's like I, you know, I was kind of. I wasn't. You know, of course, if people have their own beliefs for things, and it's kind of one of those things where necessarily until you have an experience and then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, it is an entirely different thing uh, when you experience it yourself, for sure, for sure, because I've known people who, um, like, a lot of my friends will be like, damn, like, that's so cool. I want to have an experience like that. Like, that's not fair. I'm ready to see some shit. I want to see some shit. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, you want to see some shit? Do a session with me. And then they do a session with me or we'll hang out and I'll go outside and I'll, I'll show them some shit. And they're not ready for it. I, I guarantee you, <laughs> like, most of the people that say that they're ready are the ones that are not ready. The ones who are who don't think that they're ready are the ones that are. Yeah. 
because even I, I did not want to believe in aliens before any of this shit happened to me. I was a non-believer. I didn't even want to think about it. The possibility of aliens existing was my worst fear. I could not think about it until one day when I watched the movie Interstellar and that movie opened my mind up enough that I got curious and I said, damn, you know what? I do want to see a UFO. And then right there, that's when it happened. Yeah, actually, let's uh, go into that for, for a minute. Um, like you said, you were skeptical about the ET thing, which is kind of funny considering, look at you now. Yeah. And tell us what happened. What, what happened on that fateful night that just totally changed everything? Yeah, so um, the night that changed my life, October 13th, 2016, um, I was in Florida at the time. I was going to this Halloween event with my friend, and the night before I had just watched the movie Interstellar, and I was like, I was just like, that movie was amazing. It was my new favorite movie. I could not stop thinking about it. It was just like, it was so cool. If you've never seen that movie, you should definitely watch it. <laughs> um, and so we went to this Halloween event and I was just so infatuated with this movie. I just could not stop thinking about it. So we were like talking about it. And on the drive home, uh, we're just talking about UFOs, like the whole drive. And we were getting back uh, to my friend's house really late. It was probably like 2.30 in the morning. And um, he lives in St. Cloud, Florida, which I'm sure nobody even knows where that is because it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And it's just a bunch of woods and um, just like farm shit. Like it's nothing. There's nothing there. Uh, so we're just driving on this road in the middle of the night and there's no street lights, it's just pitch black and it was just us and like dense woods on both sides and I was just like joking with them and I was like, the UFO is going to abduct us now would be the perfect time and um, I had actually kept my eye on this like really bright star that I had seen uh, while we were driving and it just like really stood out to me. And I couldn't tell if it was my imagination, but it seemed like it was getting lower and lower and lower. Um, and I had mentioned to him, you know what? Like, I do want to see a UFO. And so the star kept getting lower and lower as we were driving closer to his house or so it seemed. Um, and then it got so low that I was like, okay, that's definitely not a star. That has to be a plane. I'm sure there's an airport around here somewhere. Um, but it kept getting lower. And then the lights on it uh, kind of changed. And it kind of looked more like an airplane. And it was getting so close to us that it was starting to like freak me out. And it looked like it was going to land and when we were driving on this road, like there's just woods on either side of us. And I was like, okay, I know there's not an airport in those woods, but this plane is like definitely going to land or crash in these woods right next to us right now. 
And um, so as this was happening, I was just kind of like joking with him. Um, as this thing was landing next to us, and I was just kind of like, ha look, a UFO. And as it lands, it lands in this little clearing right when we're driving by. And he was like, oh, no, that's just a plane. And right then it landed, and it was this huge craft. And it was uh, maybe about 200 feet away from us. So it was definitely close enough uh, to know that it could not have been anything else. And it was hovering about 15 feet above the ground. And so I was looking at it, and he's still looking straight because he's driving. And I was like, holy shit, that is not a plane. That's actually a UFO. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, look. I was like hitting him. I'm like, look, look, look. And he looked and he did like a double take. And then he was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, what the fuck? And so we like looked at each other and just started screaming. And it was like something out of a comedy movie. I wish it could have been recorded. <laughs> and... um we, I was like, oh my God, drive, drive, drive. I was like so scared. And so we like drove uh, to his house, which was just like five minutes down the road. And I was like shaking and crying. And I was just like, oh my God, I cannot believe that just happened. I was like, you saw that, right? He was like, yeah. And he was like describing the same exact thing that I saw. Um, and it was just like this um, huge kind of like, hexagonal shaped craft with like a bright light at the bottom. It was almost like a tractor beam kind of light at the bottom and it was like hovering above the ground. Um, and I was just like in shock. And um, when we, we kind of like went back to go see if it was still there and it wasn't. Yeah. No, no to all of that. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> That's the night that changed my life forever. Wow. Uh, Nima, what would you do? Uh, I would probably react the exact same way, but I don't think I would have the guts to go back and, like, look at it, look for it. Oh, no, I, no, yeah. I did not want to. <laughs> I was so scared. Um, but my friend was driving, and he <laughs> just drove back over there. <laughs> Um, oh but yeah, God. it was, it was definitely scary. I couldn't sleep for like three weeks after that happened. Um, but then curiosity got the better of me and we started going back to the woods, uh, to the same spot where we saw that land. And, uh, if you watch my alien experiences series on YouTube, you can find out all the details of what happened from there on. They're actually really good. So you guys should check that out. Uh, princess of Pleiades YouTube channel. Check it out. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I'm super excited. I think I'm on episode like eight or seven. <laughs> it's a pretty Yay. good storyline. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to make like a TV show out of it or something. <laughs> so uh, the name Princess of Pleiades, where did that come from? Um. Well, I'm very, very connected to the Pleiades star system. I feel like I've had the most incarnations in uh, that particular star system area. And so I just feel very strongly that that's home to me. And uh, Pleiadian energy is uh, very strong within me as well. Um, it's a lot of what I use in my sessions. And 
I don't know, Princess of Pleiades just had like a cute like ring to it. Yeah. Pop. I I can dig it. Yep. Pop, <laughs> Princess of Pleiades. Um, so can you share with us a little bit about Pleiadians? Because not too many people speak about them. Usually, um, at least in the States anyway, because this you're you're actually quite a unique case. Because in the States, we're or North America, we're number one for visits from greys and reptilians. Um, whereas outside of North America, that's where Nordic, Pleiadians, Arcturians, that's usually where they show up. But for whatever reason here, we get greys and reptilians. So you're very unique that you have a connection with the Pleiades. So can you tell us about them? That's interesting that you say that. Um, I would actually say that, well, in all of my my Alien Experiences series, those in-person experiences all happened with greys. And I'm very, very familiar with the greys and I absolutely love them. Um, the Pleiadians, I agree with you. I, I find it very rare that they do ever make an appearance um, to anybody that I've met and also to myself. Um, I'm aware of my Pleiadian star family. I know what they look like, but it is very rare that I get a chance to interact with them. So I would say, like, even with me, they don't come to me very often at all. But I didn't know that um, in other countries, that's where they visit more often. That's interesting. Yeah, I I have a theory that the world is actually divided up into sections. And each group, whoever visits, is like, all right, you go here, we're here. I mean, of course, I'm, I'm sure every now and then they could venture elsewhere. But for whatever reason... Like in North America, we have the most sightings of greys and reptilians. And outside, no, they have other things. Wow. How interesting. Yeah. And then for you to say that, yeah, you have more interactions with greys than anything, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that definitely kind of solidifies that. Okay. So can you share your interactions with with, uh, the greys? Yeah, sure. So um, I've met many different types of greys, and I had no idea how many types of greys there are. There are just so many, so many. Um, And a lot of them look different from each other. But the ones that I'm most familiar with would be the um, small zeta reticuli grays which are like three feet tall and smaller and also um the extremely tall white looking grays oh the what now that's really interesting because the (laughs) the white no no it is the whites uh from my research anyway they usually come to people who you know i hate saying this i really do but they do come to people who are a little bit more special, so to speak. And <laughs> they, um, I do think they are a bit older than most of the other greys. And they're like elders almost. Really calm, cool, crazy intelligent. So that's- Yeah, I, I've heard that too. And um, so... The the ones that are in my stories are those ones. Those tall white beings are the that's the first 
contact that I ever had with aliens. Those are the ones that I'm the most familiar with, that I've built a really strong relationship with, that I still keep to this day. And um, I ended up finding out that my twin flame is actually one of them. How does that work? I know, it's it's a whole thing. The whole last <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, I have the most complicated twin flame like story of anybody I've ever heard. I won't say much about the twin flame stuff, but I've seen crashes and burns. It's <laughs> like I've been told you don't want a relationship with your twin flame, but right. Well, I I would agree um, because I it, mine's unique in the sense that I have had a three D relationship with my twin flame, and I also have a relationship with my five D version of my twin flame who is not incarnated here. And that's what's so confusing but interesting about my story is that I have an experience with both. So I would say the people who have relationships uh, with their human twin flames that for the most part does not usually end well from what I've seen so far. Who knows? Maybe there's hope for the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of those stories that I've heard are really, really intense, really heartbreaking. Um, but before I met the 3D version of him, I met this alien version of him. And that's the one that I got to know first. Wow. That's so interesting. Do you go, do you talk about that on your YouTube channel too? Yes, I do. I talk about him in detail on my channel and, uh, Buzzfeed also did a video on me and that story. Yeah. I actually saw that one. <laughs> That yeah, that wasn't very well told. They they cut out like a bunch of very very important details, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, well, creative editing, you know how it is. With your twin flame, would you change anything about that relationship with the three D version? Sounds kind of weird saying that the three D version, but yeah, <laughs> um, or human version. Yeah, human version. Um, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah. Um. I realize now the importance of the role that it played in my life and a lot of these um, experiences with these twin flame relationships are all about coming back to yourself and releasing all of your codependent tendencies and that's why people have such a hard time in these relationships because it's like wow you finally met your other half and this is the perfect person for you and and they mirror you perfectly um but ultimately it's the biggest and hardest lesson you could ever learn in love about not having to need another person to complete you now that is a different way of looking. I never thought about it like that before. That makes a lot of sense, actually, especially for self-growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that's different. Okay, um, let's go back to the uh, to your grades for a second. And how do they normally contact you? Uh, well, now it's all telepathic. At first, it was all physical, in person. Uh, we would go back to the woods. I went there with a couple different friends and multiple people have experienced their presence with me. 
Um, so because if it, if it was just me by myself, I probably would have thought I was fucking crazy. And I would have thought that I was like schizophrenic or something. But the fact that I brought multiple people there with me and they all saw the same things that I did was proof to myself that I was really seeing what I was seeing. Um, so that was at first, it was all physical. Um, when I moved to Vegas, that's when it all kind of became more telepathic. And I had been working on building my telepathic abilities so that I was able to communicate with them because I figured out very quickly uh, from meeting with them in person, that they could not speak our language. They do not speak the same way that we do. And the way that they would communicate with me when I saw them was they would put images in my head and they would try to put words into my head too, but it was a little bit difficult because I kept trying to communicate like we do vocally and um, I figured out that they are actually not able to do that and it's all telepathic. So I spent a lot of time in meditation um, trying to learn how to speak their language. You know, that would also explain why uh, sometimes people who are taken, they they say, oh, my God, they put image. Well, if they can remember anything anyway, they, they say that they put images in their head. They remember hearing a voice in their head, but. They don't remember um, actually, you know, physically hearing someone speak. It was just all in their head. Yep. So that's that's very interesting um, that they they speak just telepathy 100%. Now, I wonder if that's something that they evolved into or if it was just like that from the start. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the less one wants to pop up, we can just ask. I don't think we'll ever get an answer for that. Um, pop up to Niema, though, if you guys are listening. You know, she loves you all. Oh, great. I'll send them your way. <laughs> um, I don't know whether to be terrified or excited. <laughs> They're really sweet. <laughs> well, now, I do have to go into this, because there are some horror stories out there. Um, oh, yeah. Of people who, you know, some of it, I think it's their own head. Like they can't comprehend what's happening. So they might sometimes fill in the blanks with things that aren't quite right. But then other times, you know, there are people, they have uh, scars and bruises and everything. It's like, look what happened to me, you know. So what what do you think about the people who might be taken and have experiences that just aren't like yours that aren't positive and they are negative and they leave someone traumatized so it is my understanding that every single human being that has incarnated on this earth had a, a contract that they signed before they came here and they knew exactly what they were going to experience when they came here and they agreed to it. I do believe that every person that is abducted that is in their contract that they allowed that to happen. They just don't remember that they're part of that program. Okay. So what about them though? So do you think that part of the fright comes from them just trying to fight back almost and in a way break the contract, but, they don't really know that's what they're doing? 
Yeah, and and I don't think they definitely don't understand uh, what's happening. I'm sure because they've never experienced anything like it before. Um, and of course, as most people know, when we incarnate into this denser energy, we don't remember where we came from, and we don't remember anything that happened before this lifetime. So we couldn't possibly remember what we signed up for when we came here. But I do think that um, these people that are being abducted did sign up to be part of that project. Okay. Uh, you're not the first person I heard say that either. I've, I've heard that from several other people. So I think it is something to it. And I think I might have signed a very good contract. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, that is something to think about. And it actually makes me think of uh, Niema at the moment because I won't say too much, Niema. You know, I know you, privacy, but um, <laughs> but things have been happening with you that mm -hmm. I can't explain exactly. We can only guess. And how do you feel about it, Niema? Like truly, how do you truly feel about all of it? Uh, you mean like just the recent stuff that's been going on? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I am, I'm curious and I'm open to it, of course, because I feel like I had that discussion of reaching out and saying, like, hey, I was, I was spirit guide, I'd love to meet them, and then all of a sudden, those experiences hit me, and I think while I was kind of curious, I was also, I kind of had a feeling of, like, not violation, but just like, okay, like you can't abduct me and then and then not tell me what's up. Like, you know? Don't love me and leave me. Right. Or, or just let me know like what's going on. Like I felt very vulnerable in that way. Like just like, oh, okay, so I'm going to have this experience and it's not going to be explained to me. Okay, yeah, and I totally understand that. Um, unfortunately, they have a very, very strict privacy policy for whatever reason, because even I have asked that question so many times. I've been abducted so many times, and I always ask, like, hey, like, what the fuck are you guys doing up there? You know? Yeah. <laughs> even even I will, I won't get an answer. Like I'll get very, very, very vague answers, if anything at all. But most of the time, they won't even tell me. Yeah. It reminds me of something I heard years ago, and person was taken, and um, he asked them point blank, you know, explain to me what you're doing. I'm smart. I'll understand it. And they probably laughed at him, and they. Um, <laughs> He said that they replied something like, okay, well, let's say you go into the jungle and you have a tiger and you take this tiger and you're operating on him and doing whatever. And the tiger is freaking out and he wants to cut everyone's throat and everything. Do you explain to the tiger what you're doing and that is to save his life? Do you think that tiger will truly understand, especially in the time of you know you taking him and he has no idea where he is or what's happening so do you really think he's gonna understand and it was like oh well now that you put it that way you know <laughs> yeah that makes sense 
So I, I think it's not that they won't tell us. It's we wouldn't understand. But I have my own theories. Um, as far as the hybrid, uh, gosh, words, Melvin, words, whatever. We'll just say the hybrid program. As far as that is concerned, I do think that is to try and get people to evolve a little bit faster and open us up more to the universe. I, I do think that's what's going on there. And I do think there are certain bloodlines that are more prominent than others for whatever reason. Who knows? Maybe they already had alien DNA in them and they can activate those easier. And then sometimes it's a person in the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the wrong time, whichever one. A lot of theories, a lot of stuff. We'll never truly know un until, you know. <laughs> That's pretty much what it all <laughs> boils down. We'll never really know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll know when we leave here, but we can never know for sure while we're still here in these physical bodies. Um, what, what are your yeah. thoughts on it? What do you think? Why, why do you think they take people and operate, make changes, this and that? Why do you think they do it? I mean, I've asked this many times, uh, and I know there are a multitude of different programs going on, but I haven't really got too far into the details of what program entails and why, but I definitely agree with what you said about trying to advance the human race. I do think a lot of the times um, what they're doing is kind of helping us out and little like cheat codes to this video game that we're in to help us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really too sure <laughs> to be honest. Oh, that's fine. Like, again, this is just one of those things that how can you, you know, nothing is on, nothing is signed, nothing is written in stone. So how can we know? But I'm going to gonna take a turn here because I don't, I, I, I saw a couple of interviews with you and I don't think anyone's asked you this. What are some things that just grind your gears about the whole meeting aliens speaking with them being a hybrid and you know the the learning that you're a healer and all of that what 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 is some of the stuff that you just can't stand about it um that i can't stand about what like challenges that i experience in my life or like what other people say about it or what yeah we could go with the challenges that you don't like or or if you could change something about it, you know, maybe not get as much attention or maybe more attention. I don't know. It depends on you. But yeah, what what are take us there? Um, well, I definitely believe that I'm here to share my stories and my experiences and help people become comfortable with the idea that they are here on this planet with us right now and um, not to be afraid of them. Like, I feel like the reason that I've had so many amazing positive experiences, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I've definitely had my fair share of negative ones as well, but I just choose not to feed into that and not really um, share that part because I've 
well, that's like a whole nother story. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute. But um, I feel like the reason that I've had so many positive experiences is to just share that they're really, most of the time they are here to help us and there's nothing to be afraid of. They are very similar to us. They have similar personalities, different personalities. They have a sense of humor. They're funny. They laugh too. Um, they're not too different from us and there's nothing to be afraid of. And I feel like that's a huge part of my mission and why I'm here. And I just want to share that with as many people as possible. And that's why I absolutely love the work that I do because um, a lot of the people that come to me who are drawn to my sessions are starseeds themselves and who um, are here on similar missions to me and they feel lonely and they want to connect with their star family and I help them do that. And it's really, really successful like 95% of the time and they're just so thankful that I'm able to make that connection for them. So I love that. Um, but as far as like challenges that I experience that I don't like, being as energy sensitive as I am is so rough. It's so rough. Um, I really hardly ever hang out with people. Um, I keep my circle extremely small. I probably only have like, honestly, four or five friends. And the only people that I keep around me are also energy healers themselves because otherwise it's just very, very draining for me to hang out with most people. As an empath, I have not entirely mastered um, shielding myself from other people's energy. And I'm just naturally such a giver anyways um, that I find it very draining to be around most people. So, I mean, that sucks. I'm very, very sensitive to everything that happens on the planet. I'm especially sensitive to solar energy. If there's ever a solar flare, I'm wiped out for a week. Oh. And I get, like, super sick. I'm, like, throwing up, and it feels like I just have the flu, like, really bad. Um, so that it sucks. <laughs> Wow, that's like anti-Superman right now, right there. You know, Superman gets his power from the sun, and wow, and you get weakened by it. What the heck? Well, solar yeah. Oh, man. You found your mutant weakness. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, so, Bonnie has left a comment in chat, and she, uh, she says that she's curious if you're capable of of meeting others and if you can actually identify if they're hybrids or or not almost immediately because um she might or might not have a child who may or may not have some interesting things happening oh how cool um I honestly have not had too much experience with other hybrids. I've only met one other person that I strongly felt was one, and it was a guy that I dated. Um, otherwise, I haven't met any. 
Um, but as far as like star seeds go or people with cosmic origin who are not originally of this planet, I can immediately tell. Okay, so is that a star seed, someone who's not originally from here on a spiritual level? Yes. Okay, because I was about to ask you, what's the difference between a hybrid and a star seed? <laughs> yeah, so um, I would say star seeds are just anybody who has incarnated in another star system. Okay, so, and and you're able to figure out what star system? Um, I don't normally like to tell people what star system they're from, but if they have um, galactic family who is coming through to me and wants that person to know about them, then I can identify the race that's coming to me and I can tell them, like, this is your star family or friends that's coming to me and they want you to know that they're here and that they exist and that they're around you. Um, but as far as like what people feel like they are, where they come from, I like to have them figure it out for themselves. Like I never want to tell anybody who or what they are. Okay, so you, you mentioned several times your sessions. What are your sessions? So um, my sessions, I'm in the process of, I think I'm gonna change the name of them because right now I call them multidimensional healing sessions with DNA activation. Most people don't know what the fuck that means. So I'm probably just gonna change it to galactic Reiki sessions because most people know what galactic means and most people know what Reiki is. But um, what I do is is much more advanced than traditional Reiki. And um, like I mentioned before, I am able to channel these very powerful light codes um, through me into the person that I'm working on and activate them to be able to come into their own psychic abilities, connect to their spirit guides and star family, and find their sole purpose and mission, and um, remove any blocks that is in their way of uh, finding out what it is they came here to do. Okay, so uh, how does how does it work? Like, do, let's say Niamh wants a session. Does she just email Which I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So does she just like email you and you're like, all right, we'll set something up. Um, and do you do it in person or do you do it from a distance? How, how does it work? Yeah. So all my sessions are done remotely and um, you just go ahead and go to my website, princessofpleiades.com or you can message me on Instagram at princessofpleiades. Um, and just send me a message and say, hey, I'm interested in a session um, and just set up a time with me. And then what I like to do is video chat with the person uh, just for like 15 minutes beforehand and just kind of get a sense of like uh, where they're at on their spiritual journey and why they were drawn to work with me. And then um, we disconnect from the call. I'll send them some high vibrational music to listen to. Their only job is to sit back and relax. And I will go ahead and call in that person's higher self and beings and guides of love and light who want to assist in the activation and healing of that person. Um, and I just kind of like let them step in and do the work. And every single session that I do is completely different from the one before. That I've never had any two sessions that were alike. Uh, so it's kind of hard for me to explain exactly what I do. 
because all of them are completely different. It depends on who's coming in and who wants to work on you. And I just kind of do whatever they tell me to, whatever needs to be done. And every um, race of being, every different type of interdimensional being creature that I work with has a different way of healing. And so I just kind of do whatever they tell me to, move my hands wherever they're needed. Uh, and I work on the person's astral body and it is just as powerful as working on a person's physical body. But even if I were working on the physical body, I would really be reaching your astral body anyways. Um, that's where most of the work happens. And then afterwards we reconnect and I will ask how your experience was and I'll tell you um, what I saw and if I have any messages for you or anything like that. Um, but honestly, what I'm focusing on more right now, more than the individual sessions, is my life coaching and Starseed mentorship program, which you can also find on my website, princessofpleiades.com. And it's a three-month mentorship where you can get me as a personal life coach and mentor, and I walk you through... Um, the ascension process and kind of like what you need to get started to find your purpose and your mission and how to connect to your spirit guides and how to get answers for yourself and trust yourself and um, live the most fulfilling, happiest life that you can for you. Okay. And so you guys can know those links are in the description yes i put them in the description early this time because i thought ahead <laughs> and i do want to say i read the testimonials on your website so you know people are very pleased and then some yes i oh that's actually another point that i wanted to bring up earlier um was even like this always works whenever I work on people. People don't have to be concerned about what if it's not going to work because I've never had someone that I've worked on where it hasn't worked. Like you always get the activation. You always get exactly what you need. Your spirit guides always come through for you every single time. Okay. Now it's so funny that you went there because someone literally just asked what happens uh, if a session fails? Is it possible? And you're like, no, this is 100% darn it. <laughs> now, this is how so crazy I am, though. I'm over here thinking, like, you, you're going to meet someone in person. I just can't help but think of, like, some big, fat, hairy Russian dude. Yes, I want session. Take off rub me, rub me belly. You know? it's <laughs> terrible. But that is really cool that you work on the astral body, which makes sense that, you know, you don't have to see someone in person if you're able to connect on that type of level, which I would assume is exhausting. Um, it's, it's not really exhausting for me because most of the time when I'm doing the work, I'm also getting healed myself. And it's always a beautiful experience to be able to connect with whoever spirit guides I'm connecting with. And it's always very exciting to me to see who it is and what's going to happen. And I do enjoy that process. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's exhausting. Okay. So, well, that's, that's a plus for you then. <laughs> yeah. 
um, spirit guides. So you work with with people's guides. Yes. Now how? Now that that has to be something. How does that work? Because I imagine everyone, if if guides, well, how can I put this? Um, I believe that each guide has their own individual personality, and you know, some of them might be easier to work with, and some of them not so. But how does that work? Um, well, I just go ahead and invite them in. So it's whoever feels like they want to assist in the healing and activation of that person. So if that person is already very aware that they have spirit guides and they know exactly who they are, I might have some of those people come through, but I might have completely different people come through that they never even seen or heard of before who wanted to assist in this specific um, session. Because a lot of the time, if people have cosmic family, that they're unaware of, they're very, very, very drawn to work with me. So they will most likely step forward at that time. And a lot of the times people who are very psychic already and are able to connect with their guides, they'll have um, new cosmic family come in that they didn't even know about. Okay. And uh, Angie wanted to know if you could tell us who your spirit guides are. <laughs> sure. Of course. I would love to. So, um, Throughout my journey, it seems like they kind of cycle through. So I'll have some spirit guides for a certain period of time. And then once I reach a certain level, then they kind of leave and new ones come in. Um, so right now, the people that I have been working with the most is, well, my, um, my gray twin flame, Ben. He's always around me. He's probably always going to be around me. Um, and I would call him one of my guides as well. Um, but he doesn't give me a whole lot of like information. So people that I go to for information that are my guides are my most prominent guide is an Arcturian guide. And she is a representative for the Galactic Federation and um, on the Arcturus branch. And her name's Ashana. And she's like my main go-to person if I have questions or anything like that. Um, and I kind of have like some people that like come in and out. Like I have some some fairies, like fairy guides. I have a fairy guy named Alexa. And uh, I talk to her sometimes. And I think those are really like my main people right now but they come and go <laughs> <laughs> okay now that name ashana that sounds so familiar to me like oh really i don't know where i've heard it before but i know that name somewhere it sounds so familiar and i can't remember where but that but that answers your question angie and it's cool that you have a fey guide as well um that she must be a character. Yes, she is. She's adorable. I love her to death. And you, you can can you help people connect with their guides as well, if they're yeah. struggling with that. Absolutely, and that's something that I go over in detail in my mentorship program: is how to connect to your guides and how to trust yourself that you're getting the information that you're getting. Wow, you do a lot. Um. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, what if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I want to see an alien. I mean, and they're serious, you know. I'm, I know I sound like a prick right now. Like, I want to see an alien. <laughs> Come on, Lara. No. But... People say that to me all the time. You have no idea. <laughs> okay. So they come up to you and say, I, w- I want to see an alien. You know, can you make that happen? I-, I mean, it's I don't know how you can make that happen if I'm totally honest. I mean, it's like, what? I don't think you could just snap your fingers and boof. But what do you say to those people? Do you say, all right, let's, yes, or like, get away from me, you you fly? Or what, what do you do with that? <laughs> Well, well, neither, really. Um, I just say, like, well, you can have a session with me and we can see if anybody comes through. But ultimately, it's up to them whether they think that you're ready or not. It's not up to me and it's not up to you. Okay. And what if they are ready, but they refuse to accept it? Would would that still would they still visit and say no this is happening you're ready even if you don't accept it oh yeah absolutely um like i said it really is up to them it's not up to you (laughs) um so yeah no i've experienced that i've experienced that with the last relationship that i was in um where he thought he was ready and um and we had some, what, what I thought were absolutely amazing experiences with extraterrestrials. Uh, come to find out he was nowhere near ready and then decided to reject the idea that that had happened or the possibility that they exist or the possibility that he is one of them. And uh, sometimes that happens. So I'm, I'm sure that they will continue to contact that person until they are ready to accept the truth about themselves. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this poor guy, but it happens. Yep. I mean, of course they don't want to do anything that scares anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're not, they're not trying to scare anyone, but the advice that I gave was you have to know how to separate um, your fear from the situation. Now, here's something else. I've heard stories, I've read stories about uh, women in particular. Well, some guys, but it's mostly women who are taken and they have their eggs taken from them. Or in the more extreme, they actually have a fetus placed in them. Have you heard anything like that? Oh, I've definitely heard those stories. Um... I believe it. I absolutely believe it. I believe I believe that um, Mary in the Bible was probably one of those people. No. Wait, so they have, so they just get pregnant and then they have a kid? Yeah. Uh-oh, Nima, what are you trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm just terrified. Well, no, I mean, you're the one who's like, like it just connected <laughs> oh with God, you. No, I was just like, I would never want to have... <laughs> I mean, I don't see kids in my future, but I'd be, like, ten times, you know, worse if I just, like, somehow, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'm signing up for this. <laughs> I mean, well, for a second, you made it sound like you were prego, so. 
Okay, well, I mean, you know, if you have visitors and everything, it's not up to you anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, just just out of, just for fun, uh, Lyra, what would you do if a kid, oh my gosh, actually, this this is something that really happened uh, to Stan Romanek, poor guy, boy, poor guy. Actually, this is going to take me to a couple of things, but what would you do if you actually had a kid show up at your door and mommy you know they dropped me off from space here i am what would you do i mean do you mean like literally dropped off on my doorstep or like well well niema i said this was for lyra oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid question though <laughs> <laughs> right you're freaking me out um, no, I mean, I, I would definitely accept it. I would not entirely be surprised because I've been shown at this point that anything is possible. Um, and I've, without getting into too many personal details, um, being a part of the hybridization program, I've definitely had conversations about that with them and I've actually met my future children already. Hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Whoa. Okay, Niamh, so now you can answer. No, that's so neat, that's wild. I mean, like, do you, do you know, when you say you've met your, your future children, is it like, you know who you're gonna have these children with or? Um, I don't know who I'm going to have these children with, um, but I have had dreams about these two kids and I've been able to build a relationship with them. Um, it's going to be a boy and a girl. The boy seems like he's going to be the one that's going to come first. And um, I've kind of been able to build a pretty good relationship with him um and he comes and goes in and out of my life but sometimes he's very very present so present to the point that it could almost feel like he's sitting right next to me mm. and uh, what's really interesting actually is um a year ago i I started putting freckles on my face because, you know, like freckles are like a makeup trend or whatever. So I did that for like a few days and I'd never done it before. And I thought it looked cute. And so the first day that I did that, I had a dream where my son came to me and he had freckles on his face. And that was kind of like, he sees me. He's real. He's there. He knows what's going on. That That's intense. That. I don't know how I would react to that. I <laughs> might have to get snipped. Um, okay. <laughs> um, now, uh, Lyra, you're very open about all this, you know, and I appreciate it because we have content. But um, <laughs> there also is a dark side to being so open. And I mentioned Stan Romanek a second ago. And... His story is amazing, and unfortunately, government got involved, and they told him to shut up. He did not, and now his life is ruined. Are you somewhat 
um, cautious or maybe even fearful that, you know, some somebody might come and knocking on your door telling you to shut up? Or does it just not worry you? I believe that I am protected. And also, I'm very aware that a lot of the shit that I say is, like, so crazy that it's very easy to not believe it. So I'm not too worried about that happening right now. Um, and I, I also feel like no matter what happens, this is my mission. I am supposed to tell these stories. I'm supposed to get this information out, um, whether that ends up killing me or not. Um, that's just part of the job. Okay. That's, that's, um, that's a noble sacrifice there. That's, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it like that before. So I couldn't do it, but... <laughs> You know, I'm not you, you're not me, and kudos to you. Uh, Niema, could you do it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I she's, don't know. Yeah. I think I'm, I, you know, I, I'm supposed to do something totally different, so. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> her way of weaseling not. out of this. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I got enough <laughs> issues. Yeah, go ahead, start, you know, yeah, you have to watch, watch, um, watch your back because you do the shrooms, Niema, so. <laughs> that's bad enough <laughs> but uh we are close to ending it so i want to ask you this what advice what console can you give to people who are now experiencing abductions and awakening and they don't know what's going on and it's it's scaring them you know and they they can't speak to anyone exactly what would you say to them I would say that that is literally exactly why I am here. Come to me, mentor with me. I will walk you through every process and answer all of your questions. Um, that's why I created the Starseed Mentorship Program because when I was awakening, I didn't know what the fuck was going on and I had to go through that shit by myself and it was really scary and I didn't really have a lot of people to talk about it with. And anybody that I did try and talk about it, um, they thought I was crazy. And so I'm here to tell you that you're not crazy. What you're experiencing is real. I've experienced all of it and more. Um, please come to me um, if you need a friend or if you want someone to coach you through this process. I am here for that. Okay, and once again, where can they find your stories, find uh, find you to get in contact and get some sessions going? Where can they find all of that? What do they do? So all the details on my sessions, classes, and mentorship program are going to be at princessofpleiades.com. You can find me on Instagram at princessofpleiades. That's where I post most of my stuff, and you can see everything that's going on in my personal life and all of my alien experiences, stories, as well as other helpful information that I have are on YouTube. Um, my YouTube channel is also called Princess of Pleiades. And once again, those links can be found in the description below. Uh, Nima, you have anything going on with you? Uh, not at this moment. Okay. If, if you need any items, check out my website, thirdagnostic.com. Okay, thank you, the happiest of sad girls. Um, Lyra, 
thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experiences. I hope you had fun. I had fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on. We we appreciate it. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I really love talking about all this stuff. Yeah. Hey, we're, you're on the you're on the right show. Okay, guys. So. With that said, remember to follow Unexplained Possibilities on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. Those links can be found in the description below. And with all that said, remember guys, there are things that go bump in the night. Go ahead and tell them hi. Bye everybody. <laughs>